The Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global. I'm Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global, author of a series of books called Notes from the Field. My field of work takes me all over the place. I spend a lot of time in Detroit and Southeast Michigan advising social enterprise businesses. On my way to visit a business in the field, I traveled to the Corktown neighborhood of Detroit, which is not far from where the Detroit Tigers play and the Detroit River. As I walked down the sidewalk in Corktown, I came upon what I thought was a pawn shop, gold cash gold. And then I remembered as I was standing there for a minute that I'd learned about a restaurant that had opened up with the same name. It didn't take long that it, and it finally dawned on me that, wow, the restaurant is inside of the pawn shop. So I made it a point to go back with one of my colleagues and we had an incredible meal, delighted by the visual experience of all the reclaimed wood and the beautiful stained glass. So I made it a point to visit with one of the owner partners, April Boyle, and the amazing chef, Josh Stockton. I hope you enjoy our social enterprise behind the kitchen conversation. We're excited to hear about the stories and we're also excited to learn from the chef himself about how he sources the food, how he puts the menu together. So welcome, April and Josh. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Let's talk about the history of, of this idea before it even opened. How did that even come to be? Sure, so Phil Cooley is an old friend of mine who opened uh, Slow's Barbecue on a blighted block in Corktown when there was no other, there was only one other um, establishment on that block, LJ's. Um, and he had this great idea to do a, a barbecue joint. And it took him um, several years to develop this restaurant. And beyond anybody's, it's successful beyond anybody's wild, wildest dreams. I mean, you couldn't even have uh, planned for the success of this restaurant. So since that time, there was a, an old pawn shop on the corner and it came up for sale and um, a group of friends said we can't let this turn into a pawn shop this has to be we have to turn this into something cool so we threw kind of threw out some of these ideas you know could it be retail should we turn it into a boutique hotel um, and it just made sense that it would be a restaurant um, kind of in alignment with some of the other development happening in the area um, several other um, restaurants and a coffee shop and some um, craft cocktail places opening up. So we really saw that Corktown Michigan Avenue strip becoming um, a cafe restaurant destination district. So it just made sense that um, that it would be a restaurant. And you've kept the look of the pawn shop on the outside. Yeah, I think one of the first um, decisions to be made was it's a, it has a very unique look, a very iconic Detroit look. Um, actually, my cousin had a band called Gold Cash Gold in the early 90s. Um, and so this is, this everybody knows this building. I mean, it's just iconic Detroit. So one of the first decisions was we have to, we have to preserve this. So the building was actually repainted and repainted in that pawn shop style. And so that theme, without being too, I think, um, annoying or cheesy, plays throughout the entire theme of the restaurant. Um, and it's just, it's very cool. We, we, I mean, cool without saying it's cool, but we think it's awesome. 
it's very, it's very cool for, and, and I don't generally run with the coolness factor, but uh, people said, oh, wow, that is cool. The food's great. It's just a great uh, interior, which we'll get to in a minute. April, will you uh, give us a little bit more history about um, how you came together as friends? Because that, that used to happen a lot, and in today's world, things have become so much more formal sometimes. Mm -hmm. How did that come from, go from concept to saying, hey, we're really going to do this together? We're lucky that one of our friends was the, um, is the real estate developer and had the insight into this property being for sale, and then Phil having having experience in the restaurant business and then I'm also I run a pop-up called Komodo Kitchen so coming together and just knowing that we didn't want this building to to go into the wrong hands that um, I have history in, in Detroit I was born and raised here my grandfather was grew up in Corktown so this area has a has a long history with my family and we wanted to we wanted to do something to make sure that we are contributing to our community, that we're preserving this space, that we're adding to the quality of life, that we're creating jobs and hiring local people, and that we put some thought into how this strip is being developed. So my husband and I actually had to borrow out of our retirement to, to invest in this building. And local investing is a very important uh, concept for us and walking the walk and showing people if we could all give 10% of our retirement or our money into supporting local businesses or investing in local properties, what a difference that could make. And so that for us, that was important. And I think our group of friends all believe in that mission and philosophy. It strikes me that you and just a pocket of some others are leading the way, sort of, I call it this almost village investing. You know, myself and the rest of us in our social circle are going to put some money together and we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're not known as being the wealthy bunch on the street. We are regular folks that are all going to put something together and make something happen. It's part of this movement that I really see happening, but April, I know from uh, spending a little bit of time with you that you're leading the way on a lot of fronts, and I just want to thank you for that. It's thank you, and we couldn't have done this amazing work without bringing our great, talented, creative chef here, who actually grew up in the Detroit area, and I think his dream was always to come back and, and be part of something special. And um, so the stars kind of aligned to make this not only beautiful space with talented local people and uh, giving great service, but the food and the philosophy behind the food really make all the difference and make this, the place very special. So I'll move it over to Josh and he can kind of talk about his philosophy on that. The actual chef is sitting here with us. So uh, Josh, how'd they get you back? Back up. Uh, completely random just sort of happened. I had just moved back to Las Vegas from Tennessee to stint down at uh, Blackberry Farm, and I wasn't looking to move. I just got back there, and oddly enough, this was probably November of 2012, a friend of mine that I went to college with had just moved back to the city of Detroit after finishing up her master's out on the East Coast, and she saw an article that said they were still looking for a chef and thought it might be something I'd be interested in. I reached out to one of the owners, and that was around Thanksgiving. Uh, they brought me down for a tasting in January, and uh, 
by March, I was back for uh, Non Rouge and a get together. Uh, welcome to the team. It just it all happened very quickly, and it was like I said, it was completely by surprise for me. I wasn't really looking, but I'd always wanted to come home and just didn't. There was never really an opportunity. And you know, April talks about how they had this this foresight to go after this building, and they had this thought process behind it. And I'm just fortunate to, you know, get in at the right time with some really great people. You know, you can be the most talented person, but if the things don't work out for you, you know, you may never open your own restaurants. And I just got lucky enough to get in with a great group of people that accepted me right away and kind of had a shared vision of what we wanted the restaurant to be. Well, I've been in there uh, eating the food a couple times now, and I can tell you that your work is outstanding. Will you help me understand how the... the uh, element of pickling came onto the menu? My dad's parents born and raised in Tennessee. They actually eloped in Kentucky when they were, I think, 17 and 16. But they, because, uh, you know, you couldn't get married. Then they moved up to Detroit. But they always spent time going back every year. So I spent every Easter, every Thanksgiving down in Tennessee on the family farm. And that's just what everybody did. It's a wonderful place to go when you're, you know, 10, 11, you know, from the time you're six through whenever, just to see and learn, and it just sort of it gets ingrained in you that that's just how you do everything. And my dad was actually a chef in the area, uh, so I grew up working in restaurants. So you learned how to do some of that from your parents. How did you decide what elements you would start with on the menu for Gold Cash Gold? I think it's very important for chefs if you to understand what it is your food is. It seems like a very simple thing, like oh, what do you cook at home? A lot of people who are chefs or cooks, they don't really cook in their off time. You know, it's not something you would think that they don't do, but, you know, how many accountants go home and enjoy doing work like that when they get home? Some people just love what they do. You know, they love the act of cooking. The restaurant it just happens to be the outlet for them. I did a lot of different restaurants and moved around a lot from the time I graduated college until came back here, but it was trying to see different things, work for different chefs, find out what is my food, and... You know, I worked for really fine dining French. I worked in the South. I worked in Hawaii, in New York. And you pick up a little bit each way. You find what you like and what you don't like. And I kept coming back to the fact that I just really like pickling things. I like working with food that's straight from the garden. You know, I like working with what's in season and making it, you know, trying not to screw it up. Because if somebody, you know, we put a lot of effort in in the kitchen, but it doesn't mean the farmer who raised what we're using put in any less effort. So they just don't get the credit that the chef does, even though you're just basically heating up what they did sometimes, trying not to screw up the beautiful tomato they spent three months getting ready for you. What a good point. What a good shout-out to the farmers. <laughs> yeah. How do you select where to buy the produce that you put in your menu? Working out in Vegas for so long, it was very hard because, you know, there's nothing there. But you do get to work with a lot of great farmers out in California. So you go and you start going to visit and it's kind of a fun thing. It's like, what can you do? Let's get out of Vegas for a couple of days and drive up to California and see it. Here, you're fortunate enough that we have a couple of the, the small local farmers that are in North Cork town. One or two of them actually work in the restaurant. So a very close relationship, but you get to go meet them. You get to see what they're growing. You know, everybody always asks if you buy local. And I think that's a big thing, but in the same token, you have to be responsible with it. I have farmers, the guys that are putting in amazing effort for their stuff. When people come into our restaurant, I want them to see the fact that, you know, it may be a pierogi and sauerkraut on the plate, but we did that sauerkraut ourselves. You know, that thing took 30 days to make. We got in a whole pig and broke it down. 
we care, we take those extra steps, and I want to find people to work with that see things the same way we do. You know, one of the things that I liked is my dad, after he stopped being a chef, moved down to Tennessee and bought a family, we have a family farm down there now. We get pigs from him, it's great. And we're starting, the guys are starting to see when we get a whole pig in from him, there's a whole pig in from other people. The other people's pig may still be good, but you start to see the difference. Like, this is what happens when somebody really, really cares about it. The pig is just that much better. Same thing comes with, you know, the produce that's grown around here. It's interesting. It's, it's part of this developing food ecosystem that everybody's been trying to understand. Your desire to reward quality with the local farmers and some of the newer urban farmers that are doing some of this in, inside vertical farming. All of this is coming to the table, and I love it that you are setting the bar high so that the quality pours through into the restaurant, onto the plate, really. Yeah, it makes my job easier if you start off working with really good products. I mean, it takes more it takes more energy to go find these farms and source from them and make sure you go see them and walk the farms and talk with the guys. But they know, too, if they find a chef that's willing to treat their product well and appreciates the work that they put into, you tend not to have to worry about as much as, oh, are they going to send us stuff that's not quite as nice this time? No. They know what we do. They want to give us their best foot forward. You know, it's not the, the large produce companies that you're ordering food from them, but you don't know where it's coming from half the time. These guys, they uh, they treat everything really well. It's nice to go over and see them. The guy, we're actually starting our own farm. One of the people that we work with, his name is Ryan Anderson. He has Acre Farm in North Corktown, which you can actually see from the back of the restaurant. It's just on the other side of the freeway. But we actually own, the ownership group has a plot of land about a half a mile from where his farm is. And we're doing a small one there this year, and he's leading the charge on that. And be amazed at how many of our cooks and front of the house people are just already signed up for volunteer sheet just to when we have to dig it up and start planting and do all that stuff. We have been very lucky to have a lot of people that just love what they do and want to get more involved in it. Well, that comes through through to the service. It's good in our opinion to have foodies, people who love food, working in a restaurant <laughs> all the way around. Uh, would you speak for a minute about the chef's table experience? So when we were setting up the dining room, it's, it's a very old building. You know, it took a long time to develop it, and there's parts of it that just the layout of the restaurant is very much determined by the layout of what the building was. And we just happened to have this nice little corner by a front window next to the open kitchen. And part of, for me growing up was you always had Sunday family dinners. Lots of people, lots of shared food. You talked about your week. You know, and that was just, that to me is what food was all about. It was about getting together with your family. That's why we went down to Tennessee for Thanksgiving. That was always the big thing. All your cousins were there. There was food everywhere you could look. And that's where we kind of wanted to make the chef's table. It was this big place where people could gather and eat and share. And it's been a huge success. Like, I thought maybe a couple times a week people would rent out the table. And the rest of the time, you can maybe see it as a communal table. It's booked up weeks in advance right now. It's crazy. I, I'm shocked at, pleasantly surprised, I should say, about how much it's filled up every time. And people can book that on the website or do they book that by calling the restaurant? They can book it on the website. Um, there's a link at the bottom for inbox at GCG Detroit. Um, it's actually the only table that we take reservations for. We want to keep the restaurant an open walk-in place for the neighborhood. And so you can reserve that table, but not really anything else. April, I know also from uh, learning about World Cash Gold that you're a driver of social missions beyond what you even see on the surface. So we've already talked about 
the blighted building that you and your friends uh, passionately saved and beautifully restored. The quality of the food, getting top talent, sourcing from local farmers. There's an additional element that you continue to give through the community, through your social giving. Tell me about that. It's very important to all of the owners, and I think, as Josh mentioned, even the folks that work with us, to give back and be part of the community. And Detroit is a community in, in need. We're very much um, a, a resilient, creative community, but it's also a city that has had significant challenges with the financial crisis and the housing crisis and um, you know uh, institutionalized racism and 50 years of disinvestment and corrupt government. I could go on and on and on, but I won't. Let's focus on the positive. But the thing that is unique here is that I feel like this is the biggest small town in the world. You're one degree of separation from, from somebody else. and. As my friend Jeanette Pierce from Detroit Experience Factory and from uh, my partner at Dehive would say, um, Detroit is big enough to matter in the world, but small enough for you to matter in it. And the work here is great, meaning very large and very hard, but the reward is also great. And it's you can make a difference. You can make a mark and really help to change people's lives and your own. I mean, the gratification of seeing um, an old building restored and seeing it becoming a neighborhood hangout and being an example and an inspiration to others that they can do also do the same thing. That there are commercial districts in the city of Detroit that need another investment group like Gold Cash Gold to take an old building and turn it into a neighborhood hangout that can be an anchor institution for redeveloping that whole commercial corridor. That's what we want to see. And there is definitely a lot of room for that. But beyond that, I, I love what Josh was saying about our, um, our plot of land how it was really important to us as partners when we were planning this out is that, right, we didn't want to run things the same old way, the restaurant business. We want to give ownership to our chef and to our front of the house manager. We want to share the wealth. We want also our employees to be healthy. And what better way to be healthy than to spend some time outside and, and farm, right? How wholesome and community oriented is that? but also the nonprofits that we work with. So on a monthly basis, Josh, we have some great ideas of, of giving some of our profits uh, or making some dishes that we work with that nonprofit to create a, a, a dish. And when that dish sells, we give the profits of that dish back to the nonprofit over the month. Having info cards on the table to introduce our, our diners to some of the social enterprises and work that's being done in the neighborhoods to get them involved. People are hungry for that type of experience. They want to be connected to what's going on, but sometimes they just don't know how to do it. So if we can kind of be that convener, that conduit to show people, why don't you come volunteer on Saturday? Another thing that we do, Roosevelt Park in the, in the Detroit Central Station is right across from us and redeveloping that park and in our communities is hugely important. So we have volunteer cleanup days and events that people can come to. Um, so it's really a holistic community project, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's well beyond, I've heard some people trying to uh, categorize you guys into 
either a co-op experience or what is Gold Cash Gold and really as I hear you talk about all of it, it's beyond all of it. It's beyond a quadruple bottom line. It's beyond a co-op. It's beyond a great social enterprise. But it's leading the way in quality and credibility, which is near and dear to my heart as, as the managing partner at Gingrass Global. I am always interested in raising the bar, raising the standards, and displaying how business with social missions of all different levels can be done well. And if it's done well, you stay open, you've got sustainability, people want to come and surround it, people want to adopt it as theirs. I love this way for people to get involved in this frontline experience. We we have a lot of requests at our company. How could we get involved? How could you're right, they don't know how. And what a great doorway to come into a restaurant and learn all the pathways to help. And it refreshes uh, many people's uh, ideology about other human beings. I think the news often is populated with some tough stories, especially lately. And, uh, well, I guess it always has been. <laughs> but lately, we've noticed a lot of folks talking about how depressed they feel at times about the news, and they're craving a good story. It's part of why we did this podcast. <laughs> but if they can walk in and feel the story in your restaurant, and have some great food and in a beautiful place. Let's talk about the interior for mm -hmm. just a minute. The space is beautiful and it's one of a kind. So we say because of our connection with a lot of local makers and Pony Ride and some of our partners are designers and, and Josh's wonderful aesthetic with the pickling. We have pickle jars with beautiful jewel toned vegetables and fruits on the wall and stained glass windows and a restored uh, gym floor that's a big eagle, recycled wood tiled ceilings and wrought iron, I don't even know what they're called, like door handles. There's so many unique handcrafted elements to the space that really make it a one-of-a-kind experience and that's what I think is also really beautiful about the potential of the city of Detroit. We don't want it to be every exit America. You know, we want it to hold its culture and flavor and be unique and artistic and creative and genuine. So it was important to us to make sure that that really shone through um, in the space. So there's a little bit of each of us, I think, in, in the space. It was very important to us. And I was amazed we started planning everything. You know, I've worked in restaurants my whole life. I've seen million-dollar spaces. I've seen small hole-in-the-wall mom-and-pop places. But every time we'd go on to something, Phil or one of the other owners who was part of the design group, they'd add this little detail here, this little touch there, and the space really looks like nothing you've ever seen because of that. Whether it's the handmade, you know, uh, copper handles to the door, you know, Phil built the entire... Um, structure for the stained glass himself that his father-in-law was out cutting glass to put into. And these are things like, you know, there might be there are other restaurants that are open, that just open, that are amazing restaurants and they look beautiful, but not one of them has these touches that you come in and you're like, I've never seen anything like that. It does fit the aesthetic of a pawn shop because, you know, you walk into a pawn shop and there's so many different unique things you might see, but it also fits what I've come to see that this is so great about the city. Living in Las Vegas, there's a lot of beautiful stuff and there's a lot of money poured into, but every 20 years, something, everything gets knocked down and you start from scratch and there's no connection to the past. There's no history. Detroit, everywhere you go, it's a fight 
to keep the buildings that we have and repurpose them. They don't want to knock stuff down. They want to reuse everything because people forget how great this city used to be. It was the jewel of this country. You know, they almost built the UN on Belle Isle. Well, thank you very much. And the website is goldcashgolddetroit.com. Goldcashgolddetroit.com. Music by Dan Castle and Thomas Rojo. Portions of this podcast have been provided by Rami Jingress and are copywritten 2015 Jingress Global LLC and are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Jingress Global LLC.